Welcome to Facing Vert, both on trails and in life. I'm your host, Tara Jordan, and today I have with me again, Marissa Romeo, who just crushed the Looking Glass 100K first female, what, fifth overall? Sixth. Sixth overall. Okay, which is absolutely amazing. So I have you on here to just go through the day, but first of all, leading up to Looking Glass, I mean, how, how's it been since I talked to you last? What made you sign up for Looking Glass? Um, kind of go into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think we chatted over the summer. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. So I basically just had a lot of fun over the summer and was trying to look for a race that would get me excited again after my kind of unsuccessful race out in California. Mm-hmm. So I was still kind of in like a a slump and kind of couldn't find something that really got me excited. And I think for me, like I choose races based on my stoke level. So I was trying to like, look at all these races. I actually tried to force another race and had another DNF, which really? was, yeah, I, I ran like 10 miles and I was like, I'm just over and it. And what race was that? It was called iron mountain. It's oh, okay. a really common race. Yeah. I've actually done it before. Um, but yeah, I just, I just didn't want to do it. I was just like, I'm, I'm not, doing this for the right reasons. So at the just, start line, you weren't even feeling it. No, I like, it It was awful. I woke up and I was like, I have to run this. Like, I don't want to. Oh, that's it was, not, yeah, that's yeah. not a good feeling. So it was a good lesson learned once again that like <laughs> we should choose races based on, you know, our stoke level and um, what we're excited about. So ended up after that kind of taking like two weeks off of running for me, which is just lower volume, Mm -hmm. um, and kind of just communicate with my coach. Like I was feeling a little overtrained from a big summer of like biking and running and stress and all of that. Mm -hmm. So that downtime, I was kind of like, I really wanted to do something to end the year on a high note, but I couldn't find, you know, any races. And then I knew looking glass was there and I had actually signed up, um, before, Iron Mountain. So like sometime in the summer I'd signed up, but I just wasn't feeling like I could put in enough training to be successful at Looking Glass. So I ended up pulling out of the race. And I was like, hey, Brandon, I'm not going to do it. And then after that two-week downtime, I was like, you know what? I love races in our backyard. I love our community. It's kind of like a hellbender. That's kind of what it felt like to me, just Mm -hmm. a little bit shorter. Like, I love that. Why not do it again? So I was just like, I'm going to do it. So I, I signed back up and I was just like trying to take the pressure off and just kind of see the race more as a fun community, you know, focused, uh, event rather than like a big a race that I have to like prep for. And mm-hmm. cause usually for me, like I love a big build and I want it all to be perfect. And this time it wasn't, and it was great. It was a great learning experience. So that's kind of why I chose the race, and I'm so glad I did. It was a wonderful experience. I think I'd heard from Sarah that you you were not going to do it, mm-hmm. and then later I talked to Tori, and Tori's like, she is going to do it. Yeah. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what's going on here? So yeah. now I know why. I was super indecisive just because I was just in this weird headspace of, um, you know, coming off of, like, I, I was still trying to process just, like, why, why do I race in the first place? Cause I love training. I, I love training so much and racing is stressful and you have to taper and that mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> I hate tapering. Most people like to taper. They're yeah. like, yes, I'm at my taper. Yeah. For me, it's like, oh, it's, it causes a lot of anxiety cause I can't do my daily runs and I hmm. can't have that outlet. So it has to be a race I, I want to do so badly 
to taper for, <laughs> if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, it's going to be worthy of the yeah. taper. Okay. <laughs> so I was going back and forth and it was really helpful. Sarah and uh, Tori and Craig and I get together like weekly for some strength training. And it was nice to like hear Sarah talk about like why she was doing the race and Tori's getting back into it. So that was kind of another factor of like, okay, like friends are doing races and like, I would really like to, yeah, just kind of do one last like happy race for the year for the since year. I didn't really have that this year. Right. Yeah. And it's a beautiful course, beautiful course, cool loop. Like I love mm-hmm. loops, you know, mm-hmm. those are fun and kind of a new race. I don't know how similar it is, it is to the it's, 50. To, to me, I mean, just looking at the course and I, I had done the 50, I, I think it was, it was very different. So yeah. okay. just, just because you know, you, you had to keep going to go to Black Balsam and Tennant Mountain and, and all of that and then make that big loop. Um, yeah. And so it was it was very different. OK, yeah. I think the yeah. backup plan would have been much more similar if, you know, if the weather had caused us you know, not to be able to be open on the parkway, then the, the backup course would have been more similar to the. 50 miles. Yeah. 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 It's neat that Brandon created a hundred K like, I know I've been talking with people. I'm like, now we have a hundred miler. We have, you know, Hellbender, we have hundred K, we have heartbreaker 50, mm-hmm. all the 50 Ks. Like we've, we've He's got covered it. them all. Thank you, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah thank you. So, so yeah. for, for your training <clears throat> purposes, I know it wasn't like your normal training cause, cause of Iron Mountain and that, that took place when. So uh, Iron Mountain was Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. So Okay. Uh, first weekend of September. Yeah, so that was you didn't you didn't have much time. Not at then. all. I, and I had come off a summer of like lots of bike riding because summer heat we've talked oh, about this yes. is so brutal. Yeah, <laughs> so biking is wonderful because you have wind and you're not sweating. Mm-hmm. You know, so biking. I had built like a huge base of fitness. I felt like the whole year, and then tons of riding in the summer. And I don't teach in the summer, so I have more time to like train. Um, so huge base, but then yeah, Iron Mountain was kind of like a wake up call of like, whoa, maybe I did a little too much. I kind of was feeling overtrained, um, and had a lot of like negative, I was like really moody and like all the things that, you know, the red flags. So Iron Mountain was kind of a nice wake up call of like, oh, I need to like take a little time off to feel like myself again. And right. like, remember why I do this in the first place. Cause I was just kind of going down a never negative spiral with it. And that was two weeks off, two weeks said. off. Yeah. It was like no running. I, it was running just like very low volume. Very low volume. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like do it, um, to kind of have a mental uh, outlet and that sort of thing. So yeah. did you train after that? Did you train a lot on the course itself to where you would yeah. know it or yeah no. I okay. did so something I love about new races is like I kind of think of it as like a project I'm like okay this is a new course like I've seen lots of those trails but I'd never been on some of the sections like uh, I think it's called cat gap the section mm-hmm. after I'd never done that trail I'd never done the mountains to see up towards Pisgah so that was all new so lots of new sections that I felt like this is fun and exciting and right. I can go kind of figure out the course like I love to go into a race being like I understand the course and Mm -hmm. I've been on every section and like, I don't know, I see it kind of as a project, you know? So I was able to get out there quite a bit and going into the race, I felt, I felt like I knew the course and kind of could conceptualize the different climbs and descents and where I wanted to like push a little harder and scale back because of the leaves or that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was really fun to kind of explore that area. Um, Instead of, you know, it's just nice to like find a new area to focus Instead on. Instead of like training. the Hellbender course. Yeah, which exactly. Is, yeah. <laughs> so, and with the Hellbender 
race you you did where you you kind of ran the whole course within a weekend. Was that right? Correct. Yeah. And did you do that for for Looking Glass? Did you run the whole course um, mm-hmm. separated into one weekend? I did it in two days this time. So you did it in two yeah, days. Yeah. Okay. So I did. I don't think I did the whole course because I was only able to do one point to point because it's okay. such a undertaking. Like you have to recruit people oh, to help yeah. you. You know. So mm-hmm. I was lucky enough. One of the days, my friend Bouchon, who we ended up running a lot of the race together, um, he wanted to come up to see the race and just have a fun mountain run. So we did the first uh, like thirty-five miles or thirty-six all at once, which Gosh. was so much fun it was just like the best training day (laughs) it sounds crazy but like it was just we just took it really chill and like took our time and filtered water and Mm -hmm. ate lots of snacks he he brought like french fries he was eating french fries going up pilot it was awesome I love ultra running (laughs) it's amazing um so we, we did that and then the other day was like really gnarly weather day but I ended up doing like some sort of run up yeah towards like Pisgah mm-hmm. and Yellow Gap and some big loop. And then, yeah, so just hit most of hit it, hit most of it, saw okay. the course in two days, which was like a good confidence booster. And I was like, all right, I, I think and I how, got it. How far from the race were you at this point? I think it was four weeks out. Four I weeks did that. Out. That okay. was like the peak week. Mm-hmm. Um, I got in like 20 hours or something. Yeah. Okay. So you're feeling good. Yeah. And your, your attitude is good this time. Yes. Not, not grumpy in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so packet pickup was it? Three to seven or something. You were there at three, you said. Yeah, were, I was there, there right when it started. No <laughs> one else was there. <laughs> I am getting it and leaving. Yeah. So, okay. And how, how were you feeling that night? Um, Pretty, r- really, really excited. Kind of nervous and pretty calm. I, I just, I, I didn't put any pressure on myself for this race. Okay. And it was, I felt the calmest I'd ever felt in the taper. And usually I get very moody and the taper tantrums that we all experience but Reed my partner was like uh you're still you're still in your weird mode (laughs) apparently I wasn't but I I felt pretty calm and relaxed um and I was able to sleep like I slept like I was gonna ask you that I slept until I think my alarm was set for like two o'clock and went to bed at like eight or eight thirty and that's great yeah I was able to sleep which that was great I need my sleep (laughs) do you have a specific thing that you eat the night before before a race I've been experimenting. Okay. That's actually something I, me and my coach, um, that was like, I do like a race debrief and I was like, I got to figure out what I want to eat the day before because I try to limit fiber because fiber is really mm-hmm. hard to digest and like, you don't want to go into the race all bloated nope. and yeah. And I have a high fiber diet. Like I love veggies and fruit. So I, I did like rice and tofu and avocado, like very basic and plain, but it didn't really work. Like I kind of woke up race morning with just my stomach feeling a little off. Um, hmm. Not sure if it was from that or nerves. Nerves, right? Could have been. So, still trying to dial that in. It's a hard. It's a hard thing. It is. It is hard. And there's several hours. You know, so you don't know. Is it? Is it because of what I ate the night before, or yeah. is it just nerves? Yeah, and I think like stress causes GI distress. So yeah, it's probably that. But <laughs> and, and what what did you eat that morning? Or do you? Do, I'm sure I you, eat. Yeah, okay, I just good. have a plain bagel with jelly and then um, a little shot of espresso. That's my go-to. There you carbs. go. Carbs, <laughs> pure carbs. And going into the race, I'm just going to back up for one second. What was your goal? Was your goal to win? Or did you, I mean, did you put that pressure on yourself or was it, I'm just going to go try to be as competitive as possible? I mean, what, what, what did you lay out for yourself? 
My goal, this might sound odd, but my goal is to manage my mind. Um, mm. I've been working a lot on the psychological side of the sport just through my, I'm, in, I'm doing a doctorate and right. kind of just been really honing that in. And I just wanted a day in the woods where I felt like I was in control and I was having fun being in the moment, enjoying the experience and not letting those negative thoughts dictate my race because mm. that's what had happened kind of all year when I raced. And that was something I'd really tried to focus on improving. And that was a win for me. Like I wrote, I journal a lot and I wrote like the night before I was like, Oh, a successful race will be me managing my mind, like having fun and being competitive. But like the other two came first. That's so important, I think. Yeah. And a lot of the research, you know, I, I do on goal setting is like, we shouldn't be focused on the outcome because that's just very anxiety inducing and mm -hmm. we can't control the outcome. No. Right. Like there, we, we don't know what's going to happen on race day. Courtney DeWalter could show up and we all lose. Right. <laughs> right. Nobody wins. Right. Or a tornado happen. I mean, we right. don't know. So for focusing on the process was my focus and my, that was my goal. Like manage your mind, be in the present, enjoy the community. That was it. And hopefully, yes, I'm a competitive person. So yes, hopefully I do that's, well, but yeah. Ultimately, it was like, have a good day. Cause, no, I love that. Yeah, it was way, it was so freeing. Something I, I, I've been like interviewing a lot of performers and I had talked to this elite violinist and she had, mm. and like right before the race. So she actually had a really big influence on me. And she talks about when she performs on stage, it's all about connecting with um, the crowd. She like tries to find someone to connect with and sharing her art and her beauty because mm. in practice, she's done all the work and she's, she's kind of felt all that perfectionism and pressure. So once performance comes around, she's like, the practice is behind me. So I'm just going to share my beauty and my mm. art. And so I tried to take that and just be like, I want to share the gift of running, like, and just not focus on these outcomes and pressure. Cause like, it's not fun if you feel so much pressure and anxiety. And no. I, I put so many, you know, expectations on myself. It's just like so anxiety inducing. So I didn't want that. And I pretty much successfully successfully achieved that, um, which was cool. That's a win-win. Yeah. So it was nice to kind of have that in the back of my mind of like, yeah, like. I'm sharing my art. Yeah. I'm sharing our art. We're dancing on the trails <laughs> and whatever. I mean, and seriously, I look at you as, I mean, and I think a lot of people do, you are, I mean, beautiful when you run because you're so strong. And I don't think I saw you all day without a smile on your face. So I mean, you were sharing your art and, yeah. and that was, that's pretty awesome to hear. Yeah. It felt that way of just like so many people were out there. Like I saw you and I mean, I saw so many people right. and I was just like, our community is amazing. And it was so just, it was beautiful. Like the, the trails and the woods and the people, like I love when good people can come together and mm -hmm. gather and like. It's unfortunate that it always happens during races because everyone's like moving I know. quickly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, hi, but, hi. Okay. Yeah. But it was, it felt that way. It did feel beautiful in, in all the senses. So yeah, that was my goal. Yay. Um, yeah. And then you happen to win. Yeah. And I mean, that's like, I don't want to come off as like, I'm not competitive. I'm an oh, extremely no, competitive <laughs> person. And like, yeah, of course I want to win. Every time I line up, I want to win. But I think what I've learned is like, Focusing on winning does you no good. Right. Because you can't control that. But if, yeah, if you focus on the process and and hit your process goals, which I did, then hopefully you win or, or you do well. You know, like winning isn't 
is not the end all be all. No. It's just winning is so fleeting. It's well, not. And your overall experience is so much better. Yeah. Like I think about like races I've won and I've not had any like memorable experiences. I'm like, uh, like meh, like mm-hmm. the race, the ones you remember is like the people are like, Oh, that, that crazy time where I had stomach problems and I overcame like winning is great, but it really, it's I the, don't know. It's the experience. It's the experience, mm-hmm. you know, and our, our sport is like, we're out there for hours. Like yeah. you should enjoy it. You know, it shouldn't be this we have miserable a long experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not like a mile, you know, right. or whatever. Right. So yeah. Enjoying it was a huge piece that I really felt this time. That's awesome. Yeah. So the race started at what time? Four? Four in the morning. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very early. But, but you felt good and you had slept. So that's yes. important. You had your bagel. Had my bagel. And so starting line, I noticed in the pictures that you were, you started in the front. Yeah. I was like to be up there. Yeah. yeah. I just like that way I don't have to pass anyone. They have to pass me. Like it's right. always nice, you know, to be mm-hmm. up there and just like, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool when women can be on the front because that's a lot right. of times we feel intimidated. I'm like, no, like we're strong. We can be up here That's too. Right. So, and it was cool. Cause I was like up to like the minute before the race, I was like giving people hugs and like mm. saying hi. And that had never happened before. And like that felt so, it just felt so connected to everybody out there. And it was, it was just a lovely way to start the race of like, Oh, like everyone's here, like good people. And it was a really good like vibe on the start line. I felt that's great. Yeah, and Brandon, I didn't know he does the banjo to start the race. Did you know that? I did not know that, and then he, I saw yeah. somebody talked about that. Yeah, so. he was like making the announcements, and he was like, "The race will start when the banjo banjo plays." I was like, "Oh, that's a cool like you know ultra yeah Asheville-y thing." So that was fun. <laughs> so he started playing the banjo. Yep, that's how he sent us off, and, and you went okay. So we went. tell us about that. So it's obviously dark, mm-hmm. and you're wearing what for light. I wear a headlamp and a waist lamp. Okay. I really like to light it up. Yeah. It's super helpful. I feel like I can see super well with those two. And are and you're obviously have a pack on. Yeah, big what, heavy pack. What are you carrying in that? And I know you're carrying the required gear, but mm-hmm. for yourself, what what do you have in there? Yeah, so uh, I think I, I started with three bottles cuz I knew it was going to be kind of humid and I sweat a ton. Mm-hmm. Um and so <laughs> I knew like air on the side of more water than not enough. So I think I started with three bottles, some drink mix, um, and then some nutrition and then yeah, tons of gear. Like we had to have our phone in there, the tracker, mm-hmm. all the mandatory gear. Um, I think that was the majority of starting. It was just like liquid nutrition, um, and then all the gear and the lights. Um, yeah, no poles or anything extra yet. And had your stomach settled down at this point? Unfortunately, no. Like I kind of started with it just feeling still kind of off, but Hmm. I just try to say, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. I'm not going to let this affect my race and we'll just see how it goes throughout. And I, it was iffy. I had lots of stomach issues, but Hmm. I, I managed it, which was a win. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> a win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to manage those things. It but, is. I mean, you yeah. can't control it. You can't. So, so the first, um, I guess let's, let's go to the first major aid station. Yeah. Which was. Fish. It was at Fish Hatchery. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what was that, that first however many miles? I don't even remember now. Yeah, it was 10 miles. 10 miles. Thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did go through the whole course with Brandon, but I can't remember. No but, worries. Okay. Yeah, so it was like uh, a few miles on Joel Branch, like the gravel road. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was nice, like to kind of ease in and kind of get your rhythm because you don't have to worry too much about footing. Were you separating at that point or was everybody kind of still clumped together? No, I was like, I felt like I was pretty much towards the front, like 
him and somebody else went out so fast. <laughs> we yep. just saw them sprint away. We're like, see ya. Um, <laughs> and then in between them, there were several runners who were going out pretty, pretty quickly. And mm -hmm. then I had started with my friend Bouchon. We just happened. We, we like run the same pace. We ended up running like the whole race together. Oh, almost. that's great. Like yo-yoing. Um, mm -hmm. So he was right by me. And then Sarah is with me, which was fun. I was like, oh, it was just cool to like have your people with mm -hmm. you. So kind of up there. Um, but I was just keeping a very controlled effort and just trying to like control my breathing, fuel really well and be patient. Um, and yeah, like after Joel Branch, you turn to the art lobe and that was where I was like, okay, focus on your feet. Cause it was very leafy and dark mm -hmm. and very technical in that right. section. And especially the descents, they were a little bit like, okay, like you could really eat it here. Like be safe and be for me, I was like, I would, I would rather err on the side of caution and not fall than like take a big fall that early. So yeah, that was kind of like that section. It was like pretty mellow on the road and then kind of iffy on the, on the art lobe. And then you would, you came into John, kind of the John rock area and uh -huh. it got smoother. Um, and yeah, that section was pretty runnable. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. And then when did it start getting light outside? It started getting light uh, once I turned onto Davidson River Road right before the pilot climb. Okay, so um, you had, you'd already passed the hatchery and all that. Yeah, it was pitch that. dark in the hatchery. Okay. Um, did you grab anything there or did you just run through? Yeah, I grabbed my poles and I stuck them in my shorts because I knew I wanted them for the pilot climb. Um, and then I, yeah, I switched out bottles and um, got, got nutrition from my crew. Okay. Uh, Reed and my coach Ryan were there. Um, and yeah, I, again, just got lots of water and I had our, all my pre-made nutrition ready and just stuffed it all in there and kind of chucked right along. Yeah. It and was so, a simple stop. And so then you go and hit pilot. Yeah. So then it was cat, cat gap. Is that what it's called? Butter gap to cat? Or it was there, yes. long trail. I yeah. There's lots of trails I, in there. Well, <laughs> right. And there is butter gap and cat gap. So I'm not quite yeah. sure which one you were on, but and maybe but, it was long branch too. There were tons of trails in there. Mm -hmm. There are a ton yeah. of trails in there, so <laughs> some some conglomeration some sort of trails. <laughs> um, yeah, and you you then then what happened? So yeah, from there, then you hop on Davidson River for a second, and then you start climbing. You you get to a little aid station at Gloucester Gap. Um, yes, at the about that one. base okay. of the pilot climb, and then you start climbing. So the sun was rising as I was climbing pilot and it was incredible. Like I'd never been out there at that time of day. And it was just like, this is why we run, you know, just like one of those special moments. Of was just, it super foggy or anything or was it pretty clear for you? It was clear until we got to balsam. Okay. I think like once we got around silver mine bald, mm -hmm. um, after the parkway, it got to be very, very kind of cloudy and windier and foggy and no views up there at all. Right. Yeah. How was, how was the weather for that first section for you? It was, in my opinion, it was quite humid for the first bit. And then kind of once we started climbing out of the hatchery, it started to cool off a little mm -hmm. and get a little, I mean, it wasn't hot, but like I'm very, very sensitive to warm weather. So I felt the humidity and I was sweating already. And okay. I was like, what is dripping down my leg? And I was like, oh, it's sweat. Oh, like, it's how sweat. am I this I'm sweaty already? <laughs> Because we sweat like men. Yeah. It's okay. We know yeah, that about exactly. each other. <laughs> but I was like, how can I possibly be sweating? It's like four in the morning, you know, but that's and what, how it what goes. are you wearing? I forgot to ask you. I mean, I know what you're wearing because I saw you, but for mm -hmm. those that are listening, um, yeah, what did you have on? I wear these like compression shorts mm -hmm. that they fit well and they don't chafe. So found some that's nice perfect. shorts and um, 
Who are they by? Do you? They're Adidas shorts. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, they discontinued them because oh, they always love always to- happen. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so that's unfortunate. Um, and then also this Adidas top. I guess Adidas gear works well for me. It's mm-hmm. like this nice, like airy top that cools well and fits well. So, so no long sleeves at this point. No, I told myself like I will take any cold, like mm-hmm. any cold I will gladly accept. Well, and you're climbing you know? so much in that first twenty yeah. miles that you're gonna warm up. Yeah, fast. I think I didn't even start with gloves. Like everyone else had gloves on. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm right. And with the Mantor gear, you had everything, right? Which was kind of nice. So you were like, well, if I need it, just take I've my pack it. off. Yeah, right. But I never needed anything warm, <laughs> any warm clothes. <laughs> okay, interesting. Especially yeah. when you got it to Black Balsam. So yeah. did you pull out your poles for pilot? Is that yeah, where you pulled, pulled out, out the poles for pilot? Um, which I'd done that climb quite a bit in training. Mm-hmm. R- knew it super well and. I don't know, something about poles just like changes it up for me, kind of gets me in a nice climbing rhythm because you're not, at least I'm not running that. I mean, I'm hiking, so it's kind of nice to have the poles. Um, And then, yeah, I just got in a nice rhythm to pilot and then kind of like ran the few little undulating sections before Farlow Gap and then kind of hiking again up to the parkway. Right. But it was an awesome climb. That was like, I knew that section would be my favorite. I love to climb. Like, I just love the rhythm of it and just... Something about that climb is really special because you feel like you're really going somewhere. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I really felt connected with it and it just flew by. And were you like, around people? I mean, were you, were you back and forth with anybody? I know you're your friend. You yeah. Some, but. So Bouchon, he, he's a better climber than I am. Okay. And I'm a better descender than he is. So he he was always like right in front of me a little bit on the climb, like got me by 30 seconds or so. And then I'd kind of catch up with him and then he'd beat me you know it was kind of like on and off just we happened to kind of be very similar pace wise and then so yeah he was near me and that was it we had passed it was weird we were together almost all day and we didn't ever ever see anyone else like it was what yeah so so you were just by yourself yeah thank goodness I had Bouchon because you know how it is when you're in no man's land and it's so demoralizing Mm because you're just alone and you feel like you're the only person (laughs) it was so great to have another human out there Mm -hmm. and yeah, backing up to the start of the race, like I told you, like some people went off in front. We never saw them. And then there were a couple of guys that we had passed on the art lobe at some point, and we never saw them. And then after those are the only people we passed the entire day, except for this one guy who was having a really hard time going up the Pisgah climb. That was the only other racer I ever That's saw. Like crazy. It was bizarre. That we were is. just totally in this no man's land, I guess, when we were together. In this pocket of fastness. That's what I'm going to call yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. That's a nice way to think of it. So, yeah, we So you we knew were, you were in first female probably from the get-go. Yeah, because I, I assumed nobody else was in front of me, but... Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too worried about it yet. Like right. I knew my my strategy was to like be patient until Pisgah and then kind of okay, so try was... to race. Yeah. Okay. So then so, you get up to Black Ball. You like you've done pilot. You're mm-hmm. good with that. Um, and you're you climb up to the Parkway, right? Climbed up to the Parkway, crossed it. Yep, up Silver Mine, and then that nice kind of easy mile into the balsam aid mm-hmm. yeah and it was cold up there it was really cold i felt really bad for everyone volunteering because <laughs> like we were moving and i yeah, was you like were fine yeah i was like i will gladly be cold for this section but for y'all i was like oh my goodness like it seemed freezing well it's strange because we got i, I got there at like 6 30 a.m and mm-hmm. to, to help and then we set up and it was actually fine i didn't even have my gloves on and 
as the day progressed, it got colder and colder. Oh. And I don't, that was so strange, yeah. but the sun did not come out for, mm-hmm. for several hours. I mean, probably came out around 1030. We started seeing it peak out, but um, the, the wind up there and the fog, it just made everything really cold. And we had a Christmas themed aid station. So at least it kind of fit the theme of <laughs> being That's cold, perfect, yeah. but, but I mean, we were fine. It was just, um, yeah, it just kept getting colder. And yeah. I, I kind of felt bad because, you know, the views of Black Balsam are just <sighs> absolutely amazing. incredible. Yeah. So the first runners, you know, didn't get to see anything. Yeah. But did you, so you did feel the cold, but obviously didn't put anything extra on. Yeah. I, and when I was leaving Balsam, I think Reed was like, you sure you don't want gloves? Like, or Ryan, my coach, like, are you sure? And I was like, I'm good. Like, I want to be cold because I knew it was probably going to start getting warmer Mm -hmm. on the ridgeline, you know, in the mountains of sea. And I mean, I'm just so sensitive. I'm like, I'm (laughs) pre-cooling. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) pre-cooling. Like I will. And I was cold on Balsam, but like, I was happily cold, if that makes sense. Because, it, you know, you're so exposed up there, yes. but it's only for like a mile or a mile right. and a half. And then once you make that turn after Tenant Mountain, you're like kind of in the brush again. And it's it wasn't so bad anymore. So well, that we, was the only cold section, in my opinion. OK. Yeah. So when you came through, mm-hmm. you know, of course, I saw you, but you are I mean, you are so focused and you went straight over to your your crew. And do you remember what you grabbed there or, you know, did you ask for anything specific there? I know you didn't get anything from the aid, but yeah, I, um, well, it was so cool to like have all those people up there and like, there's a lot of people. I knew y'all, I had like seen that y'all were all in onesies, but it did, or you were in a onesie. onesie. Okay. Maybe other people were in a llama onesie, Christmas llama. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like very confused. Cause like, you know how you're in the woods for, it's so quiet and you haven't seen humans. And then all of a sudden it's like humans, aid station, llama onesies. With a Santa hat. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. So it was cool. And I was like, oh, this this looks fun. But like, I'm no. in race mode. No. Yeah. You don't need to spend any time yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I think I, uh, Reed and I, I'm pretty type A about my aid station transition. So we had actually set up the chair in our backyard and practiced. I made him Oh, practice. I love that. No, that's great. <laughs> it Reed's was great. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So we knew exactly our system. So I came in and he had things laying on the chair for me like um but you didn't sit down no I don't think I saw you sit down okay no I I tend not to so I just grabbed like we had a system where like I dropped my poles and then he puts the bottle in the back and I put the two in the front and then get my nutrition and then kind of make sure I don't need anything else from the chair that I might need which at that point I didn't and then yeah just kind of continued on um it was another very smooth aid, aid stop and Everything was going smoothly, so I didn't like need to, okay. you know, get anything extra or additional, which was nice. And yeah, it was just cool to see everyone out there and be like, oh yeah, people like <laughs> it's <laughs> fun. They're, they're, they're cheering for me. Yeah, so <laughs> it was a fun. It felt like good energy up there, good. and okay. it was nice to be like, oh, big climbs done. Like, right. wow, that one. Because the first quickly. twenty miles are the the hardest climbing twenty miles. Yeah, and I think it was something like twenty. The first twenty one is like seven thousand feet of climbing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a ton of climbing. That's a ton of climbing. So and there's only what? Well, only. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a kind of a relative term. Let's see, thirteen, thirteen five, thirteen okay. three, something like that. So you get a, a lot of that accomplished, mm-hmm. and then the next twenty is. Um, a little bit less, and then the last twenty is the, I guess, the more downhill, downhill. section. Yeah. So, so how did you feel on that that 
second 20, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So after that, yeah, it was fun to be up at Balsam and Tenet, um, had to deal with some tourists who didn't know what they were doing. So that oh, was no, fun. What happened? They just did not get out of the way. I, I like, I felt bad. I kind of like pushed them <gasps> off. Cause I was just like on your left, on your left. Like I must've said it like 10 times and they did not did they not hear you? I or? think they were just very unaware. Um, right. Like, which I am racing. Yeah. And so I was nice. Like I didn't actually push them, but I was just like, hey, like I'm in a race. Right. <laughs> Can you please move? So anyway, that was fun. And then there were some funny tourists out there. There were a few that were like, do you want a beer? Like just like goofy people. <laughs> so we saw some people in that section. Um and then, yeah, it was basically, there's like some smooth trail. It was more like a gravel trail uh, after the art lobe and can open up the legs a bit, which felt nice. Mm-hmm. And then we turned on the mountains to see. And that was like a massive descent down to Skinny Dip Falls. That was the next stage station. Um, mm-hmm. And that section was fun. It was just, it was kind of nice to descend and actually feel like you're running mm-hmm. after all that hiking. Right. Um, and it was pretty smooth. Like I thought the leaves were going to be pretty bad, but it, I not, didn't think it was bad. terrible. I think I also trained in like really bad leaves. Mm-hmm. So anything would have been better than that. <laughs> um, I do think that they were, maybe there, we had had one rain yes, a couple of days before. Goodness. And I think that actually helped settle them yes. down and pack them down a little bit. Because so. it, so, it was so dry and fluffy yes. for a bit. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was really hoping for rain. And I think it really helped mm-hmm. us. Thank goodness. Yes. So that section was, yeah, it was just smooth and fun. and Legs just, feeling good? Legs feeling good and okay. a good rhythm. Yeah, just kind of like cruising, mm-hmm. uh, staying patient. I like hadn't pushed at all yet and just, yeah, being very controlled and um, still kind of with my friend Bouchon just yo-yoing a bit. And we, uh, yeah, crossed the little, the little river there and got into the aid station and I like knew everyone that aid station was wonderful too. It was like Sam and Courtney and Sheridan was there Mm -hmm. and it's like people I know it was just so cool. And yeah, they helped us fill up bottles and, um, I didn't get anything from that aid station. I had enough nutrition Mm -hmm. and everything and yeah, continued on. And then the next part is where like things kind of started falling apart a bit for me, but I, I managed it. It was just a lot of stomach issues. Oh gosh. Yeah. So it was like getting warm um, at least in my standards, it was getting warm. Right. And, you know, the section up by the parkway, like on the mountains of sea was, it was fine. It was just like undulating. But once I hit the climb to Pisgah, I got very overheated. Um, and I, I don't know why, I guess it, maybe that section was just a little more exposed to Mm -hmm. the sun. Um, and I just, yeah, I had just some like crampiness and then started, vomiting in bed oh my gosh you did yeah and there was this one moment where I was like I was vomiting and then I like took a really hard fall and I was just like you know you're just in one of those moments where you're like okay like things are not going well no I need to kind of regroup and you know refocus so I I told myself like give yourself five minutes to just walk and just kind of take a deep breath and like not freak out um unfortunately at that point and kind of up to this point too I, you know, I'd come into the race with kind of a bad stomach and I, I wasn't able to eat much at all. Like I was coming to the aid with like lots of food and I just wasn't eating like my normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was having a really hard time chewing. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, like, yeah. and that was the first time for me. It was such an odd thing. It's like, almost like you don't have enough saliva in your mouth yeah. to, to 
I don't know. I, I that's why I like untapped maple, which is just maple mm-hmm. syrup shots and mm-hmm. and like the goo liquid energy, just because it's liquid. Yes, but it's mm-hmm. it's like a gel, but not a gel. Exactly. And you don't have to chew anything; you just drink it. Yeah, and there is a new gel, exactly the same uh, consistency, called Never Second. It's like drinkable. Oh, okay, and. That was working, but I only had a few of them because I was like, oh, I won't want a lot of those. Right. But I was like, actually, that's exactly what I want. So, yeah, anyway, I think my stomach was I had like a lot of liquid in there because I was drinking a lot. And I think it was like I had overdone Too the much. liquid, which mm-hmm. that was a win in hindsight. I'm like, I will always rather overdo than underdo hydration mm-hmm. and kind of electrolytes. So anyway, um, yeah, things weren't working nutritionally. So I, I actually called my coach um, and I was just like. Hey, like having a really hard time, like what can I do to refocus? Cause like my goal was to just focus on, you know, what can I do in this moment to continue to like have a successful race? And right. I knew I was kind of having the self doubt creep in and that sort of thing. And I was like, I need to talk to someone and kind of have a rational, you know, answer. So he was just like, drink all the water and like kind of drink mix you have coming up to Pisgah and like, don't worry about eating. And miraculously, like 45 minutes later, I was just like, felt like I had rocket fuel and I started running up the climb really? the really steep section. I think my stomach needed a break from eating. Like I think I had just overdone, like I was trying to force food because I wasn't eating at my normal rate. And then I think it just needed a break and it just needed more like some liquids and hopefully like the vomit kind of like helped honestly. Right. To get it out. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, I feel, I feel normal. Like I'm not crampy and I don't feel like nauseous and, so that how, how, felt how great. long was that span of time? Do you think that you you were struggling? Probably like forty five okay, to an so hour, forty five minutes to an hour. Yeah, it was like the whole. Have you done that section? Um, it's kind of that flat section. Yes. Before it gets steep, it was that whole section. Like once I stepped on that section, I crossed the road. It was just like a wave of like nausea and just oh, like oh gosh bad feeling for a long time yeah and and I wasn't in my I had envisioned that that section of like going really well and running every step and you know all that and it it wasn't but I I managed I managed my mind and that's that was my goal I I didn't let the self-doubt creep in I focused on what I could do in the moment called your coach called my coach yeah which was super helpful and then once I hit the steep section I ran I ran every step it was weird Mm -hmm. I felt great but I think it was in hindsight, I think it was almost a blessing in disguise because I was very, very slow on that section and like more patient than I should have been. But I think that set me up for success because I didn't get too overheated and I I had a lot to give in the last bit. So I tried to think of it as a positive. Sure. Um, and I was, yeah, I felt great then from that steep section into the next aid station. So and that was Buck Springs, right? That was Buck Springs, yeah. So And I would say most people probably walked that section. I mean, mm-hmm. that steep section and here you it's were hammering steep. it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and I, it just kind of worked out that way. Mm-hmm. And you probably gain time even during that. Yeah, because I, you know, I love to go back and Strava has this new thing too called comparison. You can compare yourself on every segment to other oh, people. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's a new feature. But anyway, I went back and I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't lose any time there. Like I, so that was kind of cool to see. Um, and yeah, so that ended up being actually a positive section because I, I overcame 
adversity and that felt really good um, right. and then yeah came into that aid feeling good and that that was a party y'all were having a good time up there <laughs> so I had gone back up there because yeah. my well I was pacing I was going to be pacing Sarah later um, yes. for that mm-hmm. last 20 because you just had 20 left after that mm-hmm. and then my daughter Fearson she was volunteering up there that was um Alice in Wonderland themed and she was Tweedledee and Tweedledum with Aaron's daughter, Amberin. So, so yeah, so it was so fun because Aaron was the Mad Hatter and then there's Lauren Mark and they were, I can't even remember what they were, but anyway, it was just, it was super fun. And they had so many like, you probably didn't even get to appreciate it. They had so many little treats, like a, yeah. almost like a tea set up. Yeah. I saw pictures afterwards and <laughs> It all made sense because once again, you're like in the woods and all of a sudden it's people, like people dressed in up. costumes. <laughs> and like there was a lot going on at, at that. I think there were like other people there too. I don't know. There oh, was yeah. just like so much happening and which was awesome. Like the energy was so good. Like I, the energy at every aid felt so empowering and, good. and it was nice to see familiar faces. And yeah, I was like. I thought that was Mark because Mark had came come to like hold a bag of mine or something. I was like, I think that's Mark and Laura, but like my brain wasn't fully there. Right. Everyone was in a costume <laughs> and you were there. And right. yeah, it was fun to see everyone. And and that's where I had planned on to like to actually stop and like make sure I had what I needed. Um, cause basically all the nutrition plan I had went out the window because my stomach was Right. Iffy, and it had come back around, but I was nervous. So anyway, I'm I stopped sure. a little longer at that one, which was helpful to actually get what I needed. How long do you think you were there? I need to go back and look because that's something else I like to do after races, like how much time I spent. Because I don't feel like probably, you were up there very long at all. Yeah. But. Yeah, probably no more than three minutes. Right. Which is, but for me, that's a long time. Like I like 30 seconds. Okay. (laughs) In and out. Yeah. But I, that was, you know, part of this race was to, you know, manage everything I could and do everything I could in the moment to like be successful. And at that moment I needed to stop and kind of get all the nutrition out of my pack because I had way too much in there and reevaluate what was working. And it was, what did I grab? I got, I grabbed some of those never second gels that were working. So you had some more of those. Okay, good. Had some more, I had some more drink mix cause liquid calories were doing fine. And mm-hmm. I, I have like this scratch drink mix that's uh lemon and lime. It's mm-hmm. kind of salty and that mm-hmm. was like perfect. And then these cliff blocks that are very salty. I took some of those, but the chewing again just wasn't happening yeah. for me. So anyway, yeah, I got the things I needed and I actually grabbed an ice bandana. Uh, so you were Pisca. hot. I well, was hot. it was, I mean, it was quite warm up there when, yeah. when we get in the middle of the day. So yeah. I don't I know what the temperature it. was, but but I stripped my uh, onesie and <laughs> <laughs> took it off. <laughs> I, took, I took that off. Yeah. I have my running clothes underneath. Don't worry. Anybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but because I was I had layers on it because it's like an extra large male oh, uh, llama pajamas. Those um, things are so warm. Yeah, it was They're wonderful. It was, perfect because I could just layer up underneath there and then I had my running clothes that I knew I needed for later um on so but then it it ended up getting cold pretty cold up there yeah it dropped yeah it did so it was warm at that time and it was yeah I was like I remember telling Reed like I want my ice to bandana he's like are you sure and I'm like yes like I it's just so funny like how warm you get while running compared to like people standing there right it's so different it is very different (laughs) So yeah, I kind of troubleshooted, talked to my coach to make sure like I had all the things and, um, 
yeah, and my friend Bouchon and I were in there at the same time, and we we kind of took off together again. So oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what was it like for you going down? Um, oh my gosh, the name of it. I guess Pilot. Pilot Rock. Rock. Right. Mm-hmm. That trail because it was it was pretty leafy, and there's a lot of like large boulders, kind mm-hmm. of kind of smooth ones that you could trip up on. But yeah, for me, like that was one of my favorite trails. I oh, love good. descending because mm-hmm. I. I have a very like active mind and descending keeps me extremely focused Mm -hmm. on my footsteps, you know? So it was just like in the flow, feeling good. Like I'd come around after the stomach issues and just descending as a strength of mine. So I was able to just get in a good flow and kind of just run it out. It went by pretty quickly. Like, yes, it was technical, but the last time I had been out there, it was way worse. It was right when the leaves had fallen. Um, Super dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Really sketchy. So it was better than that. And that was nice. So kind of went in with low expectations and was pleasantly surprised. I was like, Oh, I can run this. So that section went well. Um, Definitely was getting warm for me. And, but I, that section went well. And then and then, yeah, next was Yellow Gap, mm-hmm. which you ran this whole section too, right? Because right. you were Sarah. I did. Yeah, yeah, so you know it well. <laughs> yeah, once, I mean, the, the road was kind of nice because um, it was great. It's, for Sarah too, she was able to open up and run yeah. that section because it was a little sketchy for her going down. Um, but mm-hmm. but running that section was great, and and up to the up to the next aid station. And yeah. of course, after Buck Springs, you don't get to see your crew anymore until until the very end. So you've yeah. got that twenty miles without seeing anybody, and mm-hmm. but yet you know I'm going to see him at the finish line. So. Yeah, and that twenty miles is probably the fastest mm-hmm. I would think. From a, it depends because it's right. you're tired. Depends but on it's how you're feeling. Quick. Yeah, right. it's like the quote-unquote easiest right (laughs) um but yeah yellow gap was fun because it was just let their legs open my focus for that was just like let it go like just open up those legs and run because like you don't have to worry about your footing and just kind of try to ramp up the intensity a bit as much as you could for that section um do you do you think you're that you ran the majority of that last 20 miles yes i i hiked the little climb up you know to pilot rock before the big descent Mm -hmm. you know the claw hammer is that where um, claw there? hammer, but you know how like when you're coming right out of Buck Spring Aid and you have that little baby oh, yes. climb. So yep. I definitely hiked that one, and then yeah, hiked some of Bennett or Barnet Branch. Mm-hmm. I think is what yep. it's called, Barnet Branch, and then claw hammer. Yeah, I was I was feeling out of it on that section. Yeah, that was. Um, that was longer that was, than I thought. For yeah, some longer and very, very steep and techy. It like, was. It's a. It's basically like going up a rock. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So definitely hiked that. Um, but then ran ran the rest. Um, yeah, the flats and the descents. Okay. Mm-hmm. And how was the stomach feeling? Yeah, so it was great going on Pilot and on Yellow Gap, um, and then somewhere in Pink Beds it started turning again. Oh no. Yeah, it was a bummer, um, and it was really unfortunate because like that was the section I planned on like going hard for like I I basically saved like I was very very patient all day so I could like finish strong that was Mm -hmm. like a strat my strategy and unfortunately it didn't work out because my stomach got in the way again um but it was it was all right it was just frustrating because like physically I felt fine but the stomach was like cramping and just feeling really nauseous again and I had to like stop a few times and it, it just wasn't it wasn't an ideal Gosh, situation. So I'm so sorry. It's okay. Like that's ultras. They, know, they never go the is. way you think and you just got to problem solve, you know? Right. And, and I was, it sounds weird to say, but I was kind of happy to have some adversity because like a big piece of this race for me was like practicing for future races mm-hmm. and like managing these things. Cause they're never, races are never perfect. Something right. always comes up and 
the day had pretty much gone smoothly smoothly besides stomach issues. So mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I get more practice at managing this. Right. And that's what I'm going to think of it as. So, yeah, I was unfortunate because like I had all this food in my pack and I didn't eat like any, any of, of it. it. And mm. it was just, yeah. Did you get over it at some point? Never got no. over it, okay. unfortunately. So it was bad all the way to the end. Like going down that last descent. Um, down Black Mountain Trail? Yeah. Like, well, even like leaving the last aid station before the claw hammer climb, uh-huh. that claw hammer climb, I just, oh, like. You just felt I felt really like gross. out of it. And yeah, I just like, I don't know if I didn't have enough calories or something. It was just like off like mm-hmm. with my stomach. So that climb sucked. Yes. <laughs> um, and Bouchon dropped me pretty hard on that climb too. So I was feeling kind of like, oh man, like I'm falling back. And then my stomach was crampy. It was like this huge cramp, the whole descent and just Ugh. nausea all the way down to the finish. So that was not a great way to finish. No. But I just, I was just like, Hey, you've got four and a half miles. Like you can do anything for four and a half miles right. and it's all downhill. And I was chasing the sun. I, I beat the sun by just a tad. I but was going to ask you, did it get dark on you? It did not. Okay. I, that was my goal. I was like, do not let the sun beat you. <laughs> and I <laughs> you were in a race with the sun. Yeah. I really wanted a sub 13 and I know I could do it if I had a better day, but, sure. um, I finished like 13, 20 or something like that. But yeah, that last descent was, it was hard with, with the stomach and I had envisioned it going really smoothly and just cranking out the miles and it didn't go that way, but that's, that's ultra, you know? Right. So when you, you crossed the finish line, who did you have there? Yeah. So Reed was right there, my partner and gave him a big hug. And then my coach Ryan was there, which was cool. He had like three other athletes doing the race. Um, and they all finished super well. So that was cool. So he was right there. And then, Brandon was there and Bouchon had just finished a couple minutes in front of me, okay. um, which it was so cool to see him. Cause I was like, I think the first thing I said to him, or he may have said this to me, was like, we just spent like 13 hours together. Right. That That's when, you know, we're good friends. Right. Like, <laughs> that's true. Um, and so that was cool to see him. And then the other, uh, like Tim and Randy and, uh, Brad, all the other guys mm-hmm. and Mark Marcus, I think mm-hmm. he's the one who won. Yes. Yeah. He was around. So cool to kind of meet some of them chat with them and um did yeah you, did your fun. stomach settle down after you crossed the finish line it didn't like it, it held up it was nice to stop moving because it wasn't so like jostly uh-huh. but yeah I felt pretty sick for a while and then finally I it settled once we were back home and I was okay. able to eat eventually which was nice but yeah it was it was just off How the stomach weird. yeah yeah so that's something like a big learning experience from this one is like I need to dial in my nutrition pre-race. I think that's a really important thing because, like we said, with all the stress, like, it just gets all, you know, iffy and, yeah. So how long did you stay at the finish line? Uh, Not super long because I get really, really cold. Mm. Um, After you've sweated yeah. so much, right? Yeah. Does that happen to yes, you? Yes, it does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder because – we've talked about how we get really warm running and then I think it's called after drop. That's so the term. cold. So cold. You're just mm-hmm. like immediately. So like I like shaking. Yeah. Yes. Like shaking teeth chattering. So I was like that within like five minutes. Um, the, the cool thing was like, it was the first time I crossed the finish line. I was like, dang, I, I'm cool. I'm fine. Like I physically felt good. I had person, my coach was like, that's the first time I've seen you with good personality after a race. Like you were fine. Like, so it was cool to like be in that state of, I think I just had built up enough fitness to be fine. You so know? your legs felt fine. Everything yeah. felt pretty strong. Which was, it was a bummer in the moment. Cause you want to cross, for me, I want to cross the finish line feeling dead. <laughs> <Broken>. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember crossing at Hellbender and I was like, 
I have zero ounces of energy left. And this one I had a lot, but that's okay. You know, that's part of learning and, you know, but yeah, we left probably within like 30 minutes because nobody else was going to finish for like an hour and a half. So I didn't want to stay around and freeze and I wanted to get warm and we only live 30 minutes away. And I was like, we can be home in 30 minutes and I can shower and we can just be on the couch. And so that was a big motivator, (laughs) but I, yeah, I made sure to say thanks to Brandon and everyone. I mean, did you get your prizes or whatever that you, what what, what all did you get? Yeah. So uh, John Iback made this cool, I don't even know if I should call it a trophy. It was more this like wooden piece of art. Yes. Art. (laughs) Yes. It was very much a piece of art that looks like one of the Pisgah signs like mm-hmm. trailhead signs and it was it was really cool um it just was a really unique uh, piece of art and it has a lot of meaning you know when i look at it and right so i got that and uh like some gift cards and um what, oh some coffee beans so still working on go. those okay. yeah i love coffee so i've been been getting the coffee and yeah, I have this voucher for like Sportiva shoes, which never tried those before. So I'm stoked to do that. That's and great. Yeah. So anyway, it was really good swag. And yes. Yeah. I was like feeling really overwhelmed with everything I got. I was like, I don't deserve all this. Like, <laughs> it was yes, really you do. nice. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, so yeah, Brandon gave out some great stuff. Yes. Yeah. When he told me what he was given, I was like, dang, okay. Yeah. That's it was really legit. good for a for a race like this I know so. like a western North Carolina right okay. <laughs> right this He's, is awesome yeah it's legit so so were you able to sleep that night yeah um, I think it just took me a while to get to bed um right. but I something actually I didn't do in this race I had zero caffeine um huh. and that was something else I've been trying to work on like figuring out caffeine and I was like I just want to try no caffeine see what happens and didn't need it I just felt right. really steady all day so that helped me sleep. I think usually I have a lot more and like, I feel, feel really wired and hot. Um, right. and <laughs> there's the hot again, Yeah, <laughs> but didn't feel that way, thankfully. And like I said, physically I was, I was fine. Like it okay. just kind of felt like a big training day. It wasn't that intense. Um, and so, yeah, I was able to sleep eventually and, uh, yeah, like woke up the next morning and got biscuits. Um, at biscuit. Then head. you were hungry. Then I was starving. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm just glad your stomach yeah, settled. Yeah, it settled thankfully the next day. And then you were starving. Yeah. Of course, after the fact, it's fine. <laughs> Did you have any soreness or issues after? Um, with no just physically. Okay. No issues. Uh, just, just a training run. <laughs> just you know, crushing the cha- tra- training run. Yeah, it was. It was interesting. Like it's something I'm struggling with processing post race because I, I used to define success as like, I have to cross the finish line and almost die. Like that's a successful, successful race. When I cross the finish line and feel like I've gave every ounce of energy and that did not happen, Mm -hmm. but I'm trying to see that that's okay. And like, you can have a successful race and not feel that way. It's just really hard for me to, to understand. Cause like, yeah, it's I'm having to kind of change my mindset around to successful. Well, races. this time it was your stomach that had everything done to it yeah. and not your body. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my stomach got destroyed. Your so stomach got good. destroyed. So you can count that as Perfect. being destroyed. <laughs> I, I would count that. I would hate that. I haven't yeah. had any. I've, I've been fortunate enough not to have any stomach issues in terms of I've never thrown up 
in a wow. in any sort of race or any sort of training. I don't I don't know why, but I hope I never do because yeah. I feel like that's the worst feeling ever. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I'd say stick to what you're doing because whatever you're doing is working. <laughs> Cheeseburgers, that's what yeah. you do. <laughs> I wish. Eat really unhealthy people and it works. <laughs> it can. For ultra, it can. <laughs> that's true. That's why I love ultras. It's, it's amazing. We basically just eat sugar and junk all day. Right. <laughs> for hours upon yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. So what is next for you? Do you have anything that you're looking forward to or that you're going to be training for? Yeah, I have a big, exciting race next year. Um, I'm and going, what would that be? It's called Lavaredo. I'm okay. going to Italy. Um, <gasps> it's an, it's 120K, so about 80 miles with okay. like 20,000 feet of climbing, descending. Um, it's this huge loop that's in the Dolomites. It's just oh, amazing. But it's gorgeous. Oh my gosh. I look at the pictures and the videos and I'm just so excited. And it's it's a huge, it's like a UTMB race that attracts okay. tons of talent. So I'm really excited to like see how I stack up in a in a race that feels more like it aligns with what I like to do in the right. mountains. Um so we'll see how it goes. I mean, Italy and th- that's such a huge undertaking to go to a different country and race, right. but I think like that's a huge reason also I did looking glass to be like, what do I need to work on for right. that, you know, race? So that's the big one next year. And I think I'll just do a build up um, of races into that. And like, you said that's when? And it's not till June. Not till June. So okay. I have some other races on the calendar before that. Um, maybe FKTs, we'll see. But yeah, I... I just kind of want to shoot my shot, my shoot my shot, and see how, what happens. And yeah, I don't know. Tim Tim Nooney's doing it too. And, Is he really? And I think Luke Paulson. So oh, awesome! We've got an Asheville contingent. So anyone else who wants to go, <laughs> I'm going to have all three of you on here after this. Yes, done, all together. You can hopefully, talk about your experience. Yeah, hopefully it all goes well. But um, are you planning on going out there fairly early, or or in terms of spending some time there first? I would love to. Um, it's expensive. Oh, sure. Of you course. know, um, yeah. but then again, it's Italy. Like if you're going, you should go and right. spend time. And and that's the other thing. So the Tour de France is going on at the <gasps> same time. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I forgot you guys France. are, are fans. Uh, yes, yes, we are fans. So Reed and I plan to, I think it starts the day after the race. <gasps> so we plan to probably go the, the week of the race, kind of get settled in, hopefully get over some jet lag do the race and then maybe rent a van and follow the tour. Oh, like this that is a would dream. be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! So hopefully we'll see all the. I'm the jealous. Big, yeah, because um, it, it goes through Italy this year, and I think it's it starts like only four hours from Cortina, which is where Lavaredo is. So Perfect. I mean, like it's kind of the best of both worlds. And something I learned from the California race I attempted last this year is like going to a race for and only doing the race didn't really work for me Mm because it's like if it doesn't go well then it almost feels like a waste right in a way so it's nice to be like we're going to italy to like see italy see the tour experience the culture and also i get to race and hopefully the race goes well but if it doesn't there's so much more that will fulfill that trip yes so i'm really happy to have that perspective instead of like i have to be all type a and race and you know like obviously i want to do well but i think it's a healthier way to approach it yes um so i'm excited and yeah i'm excited for you yeah I want to go. Yeah, come come join <laughs> us. We need a whole Asheville t- contention going. I'll just ride around on your pack. <laughs> yeah. 
and there's lots of distances too. It's like, yeah, there's a variety, but it just looks so beautiful. And I've always wanted to race in like a different country and see what the Euro scene is like. Right. So I have no idea what it's going to be like. It seems you're going like, to you're going to be running and racing, and you're like, wait, I want to take a picture of that. I know <laughs> it's going to be like just so awe-inspiring. <laughs> what, yeah. Do you know what time that one starts, or how much you're going to be in the dark? Eleven for that one? p.m. Oh. Yeah. So a lot of it's going to be in the dark. Well, I think the sun rises pretty early. So hopefully like 5 a.m. Okay. And it is an 80 miler. So that'll probably take. Yes. I don't know. I got to look at finishing times. Um, But it'll definitely be 15 to 20 hours. You'll um, be in the daylight enough. But, yeah. Wow. 11 p.m. That's probably, a crazy Yeah. Potentially time. have to go into a second night. No. Right. Uh, well, hopefully not. It depends Probably on when it gets with, I mean, I'm sure the cutoff is way into the next yeah. night, yeah. I would assume, but who knows? Yeah, so it'll be an adventure, and yes. I mean, who knows, like, the aid stations. I hear there's, like, meat and cheese, right? <laughs> which is, like, so bizarre. And <laughs> You'll I definitely know. have to have your own nutrition, I would yeah. think. Yeah, so it'll be an experience, but I'm really excited to apply, like, all these lessons into it and hopefully just have fun and see how it goes, honestly, and... Yeah, hopefully the dream is to do UTMB one day, and maybe this will help me get there. Who there knows? you go. So. Well, I think you you dialed in something very important in this race was your the mental mm-hmm. side of it, and and how you were able to to really switch that from from previous races and to get past that, be excited about a race, and going there with a different mindset. And yeah. so I think you'll, you sounds like you have a lot of stoke for yes, this coming so race. <laughs> so, you know, right there, you've already succeeded. Yes. Because you picked something that you are stoked about. So, yeah. And I'm not, you know, I think this year, I, a huge lesson I learned too was like, I chose a few races because I felt like I had to do them for right. some reason. It's like, no, like we do no. this for fun. Right. There is no reason like I should do anything. Like, we don't even have to race, you know, we can just That's go right. to adventures. So I think like that was huge. And this race, it's for the right reasons. And and I think, yeah, if, if we choose races for that reason or events or competitions, whatever, then I think that's so much healthier than, oh, I should do this race because blah, 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 you know. Right. So, yeah, good lessons learned this year. <laughs> well, I just appreciate you coming on here and talking us through all of Looking Glass, and I look forward to talking to you about your trip to Italy Yeah, <laughs> and hearing all about that. Yeah, but, it should um, be awesome. And yes. Yeah, it was really great to see you out there and everyone else. Like, There's a whole list of people who are out there who I always feel so guilty. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm running, and these people are out here for us, and I don't even tell them. That, you know, like it's just it is totally it's so okay. hard. <laughs> but for everyone who was out there, it was it was so cool to see yes. all, the, all the happy faces, all the good energy. Like, it was well it was felt you know so and it it, was, it's just awesome to do a race that you know so many people it is so many faces yeah. are out there so I'm excited that you've got a couple of people you know going going to Italy yeah. that's crazy and, it is and yeah you'll you'll be able to at least see them so that'd be great but yeah. but thank you again yeah thanks and for I appreciate having your on. time thank you for listening to facing vert if you have enjoyed this podcast please like, follow, and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at FacingVert. If you'd like to reach out to me, message me there. I hope to see you at the top of the mountain.